0: Hey everybody, this is I Am Teacher, episode number three. I am Dan Clark coming to you from a windowless corner of St. Peter High School in St. Peter, Minnesota. I am trying to get this podcast out as quickly as possible, it looks as though episodes will be coming out on a bi-weekly basis based on the amount of time it takes me to edit put together this intro and outro situation, create my background beats, and get everything put in place. Maybe as we go further into the future, these things will come out weekly, but who knows? I just wanna comment and say that I have enjoyed myself thoroughly editing these podcasts and recording these conversations, talking to my colleagues, hearing back from students, hearing back from teachers. It's just been a very rewarding experience so far, and it's only episode three. So, I'm really looking forward to getting this podcast moving even further along, and hopefully it's episode 100 before you know it. If you ever want to reach out and give a message of support or criticism, go ahead, feel free to email me at danielevanclark at gmail.com. You can also comment or donate or listen on my Anchor page at anchor.fm slash I teacher. I will also have a link there now for my GoFundMe page to pay off my student loan debt. I have set a goal of $20,000, which seems pretty daunting and pretty unrealistic, but who knows? Maybe this thing will blow up and it will become the next big podcast. Doubtful, but I'm shooting for the stars, folks. This podcast, once again, is available on all platforms. So if, meaning, if you don't like to go to my anchor page to listen to these podcasts, You can access them very easily on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify. If you ask your robot Siri, if you ask your robot Alexa, you say, Alexa, play me, I am teacher podcast, or Siri, play the I am teacher podcast, it just starts playing. It's that simple. It doesn't really matter to me which one you listen to it on, as long as you listen, and hopefully you listen all the way through. If you would like to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes, that would be much appreciated. It seems like most podcasters give that pitch to their listeners. After just a tiny bit of research, I've found it doesn't really do much for you except for allow me to see your criticism, or your ideas, or your thoughts on the podcast. So, let me know what you think. Today, on episode 3, my guest is Robert Deering, or Robbie Deering, who is a high school science teacher, and also a dance choreographer, currently choreographing the St. Peter High School Play West Side Story which is debuting November 15th through the 18th. Also debuting in those shows will be myself, Dan Clark, in the role of Doc, giving some solid life advice to young Tony in West Side Story. Robbie is in his fourth year of teaching. He's an all-around nice fella. He comes to us from Winona State University and also from Illinois originally, the greater Chicago area, which we didn't really talk about. I would have loved to have gotten his opinion of the Blues Brothers, but it slipped my mind. Instead, we talked about education. Talked about how teachers become teachers. We talked about dance. We talked about some general life advice. So please, sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation here on I Am Teacher. Robbie Deering, welcome. Dave Clark, how's it going? I'm great. This is episode three. Nice. So I figured out some tricks.
1: (laughs) Some tricks to it. To get around
0: sounding terrible.
1: One comment was that... I speak too fast in class. Like, the like, Deering speaks too fast and just goes for it. I don't know. I guess I just have a very hectic persona or demeanor.
0: Do you think as time goes on, you will, like, have you slowed down at all? No. How many years have you been teaching?
1: This is year number three in St. Peter, and then I have one more year.
0: So four. This is year four teaching. So that stuff hasn't changed. But has anything Uh, else? Um, has anything changed? Are you just anything, I'm the same? The same? I since, doubt you're probably. I doubt you're the same that you were four years. Since ago. day
1: one of student teaching, exactly the same.
0: No. Um, it's good to just think about constantly, isn't it? Yes. I think about it all the time. Just how I always think of. So I used to teach middle schoolers, mm-hmm. eighth grade geography, and I can still go back. You know, just close your eyes, go back in time. I can take myself mm-hmm. back in front of those kids and just feeling like everything was out of control and feeling like I have no grasp on this and feeling mm-hmm. like helpless yeah and I did
1: a year middle school too and I can, can really affirm that don't
0: you think from you, my experience but don't you think that because it's almost like going through a horrific battle or something mm-hmm. it's like a necessary rite of it's like a rite of yeah. passage but then afterwards or,
1: you're like I had to do that again that's all right like you, you would you, or wouldn't? You know it. I mean, it feels it's like... You know you can do it. You know, Yeah, you can do it. Maybe not willingly, but... I mean, this is like... I, I kind of... In, I enjoyed middle school, so this isn't terrible, but it's like... You know, like the demon you know. It's like, oh, I did some middle school. Yeah, I, I know that
0: now. I can do that. Right. Like, in, I killed a guy once. Like, <laughs> I can do that.
1: I can I killed a guy once.
0: But it's not the same as high school, for sure.
1: No. And it's like the needs are very different like the needs of high school. Like some like when I taught seventh grade, telling a kid I was gonna call his mom got tears. Like that like that was a big moment for me. I was like, whoa, I'm dealing with tears right now. And I've no... I mean, there are some tears in high school, but it's not because I'm telling them that I'm calling their mom. what I found in middle school is just them wrestling who's in charge. Yeah. Like like oh like they wanna like they wanna have control of either the flow or, you know, whatever is happening. So hence the throwing, hence the outbursts. And I don't know, just...
0: The control, I would say, as a middle school teacher, you learn or maybe just navigate the waters of classroom management yeah. like you wouldn't believe. If, because yeah. if you don't if you don't get better at that in middle school, you'll be eaten alive and nothing will occur in class and it will yeah. be chaos and you, and you will be stressed the, out. That would be
1: one thing that I think I, I've been getting better on. I mean, every teacher is better at classroom management.
0: But it, I think when you go to middle school, it's like they throw you in. It's like they put you in the Coliseum with, against a bunch of tigers. Or Yeah, but like
1: there's, uh, yeah, there's like a class full of
0: them. Yeah, and it, I mean, high school is not the same because those kids are subdued and, mm-hmm. you know, they aren't as rambunctious. Their hormone levels have leveled off a little a bit. A little. But
1: Mostly they're tired
0: yeah
1: <laughs> they're just like yeah I'm tired and like maybe if they've been like you know they, they might be a little more docile but they also some of them like they have this level of motivation whether it be like credits counting because middle school that's a big thing it's like they fail science it's like oh they push on an extra they, they do summer school or whatever but then it's when you get to high school it's like well no you, you need physical science like you need that credit
0: somehow the game changes.
1: Yeah, so like the game, yeah, so then, and then some of them are like, oh, they're motivated because they see things like, like we have like AP chemistry, like they want to be in that. They're like, that's a class I want to take because it's for some reason when they're 15, they're like, oh, hey, I'm going to go to, I'm going to be a doctor one day, which is great, but it's like they have like that motivation, you know, somewhere, even if it's true or not. Right. There's still that motivation that they want to do better and kind of learn something.
0: There were, yeah, there were days in middle school where I, wasn't sure if anything was sticking in a brain. Yeah. I don't know if I don't think that's uncommon to think oh, no. when you're teaching middle school. Is that so? Is that the best way to do middle school? Do you have any ideas on like how to? I feel like middle school
1: like so. I don't do any sections anymore. Like I used to in the old middle school, high school, I taught one section now I don't anymore, so I've just been really...
0: Just put them on, just like, <laughs> you're over like, that. I was
1: like, well, that was a chapter, and I now, I'm now, a, you know, a 9 through 12. Right, but those problems,
0: course. they've existed for a long time. Oh, They'll yeah. Continue to exist. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if the, like, the traditional, maybe they shouldn't be doing middle school in a traditional classroom way. I mean, that's probably crazy yeah. to do. Like, it probably would be very Yeah. possible to, like, Make them just be active. Yeah, but well,
1: I found the most successful days in my class were the days where I could like focus the chaos. They have a lot of energy, and if you're gonna be like, okay, well, section 1.1, right? Insanity. But the days where I was like, okay, we're gonna make this, we're gonna create this, or we're gonna, you know, like I gave us like a huge task to do, that was when they were like, oh yeah, let's do it. Because in middle school they're also the level of that like, you can tell them what to do, they, like they will just like buy into something. They are like, oh, this is really fun. We're gonna make this. Like, they, I found that at that age, they they still mostly will be like, oh yeah, let's do it. That'd be really cool, really fun. High schoolers are like, okay, but what what are we? What's graded? Right. But in middle school, if you focus that chaos, so maybe just a more active, hands-on, move around, less like seven rows by you know, like, yeah. Yeah, just
0: like, not a traditional sit-down, note-taking mm-hmm. type classroom. Yeah, that doesn't work. No. No, it doesn't work with, the, you know, most people. They'll either be...
1: As educators who care about being better educators, it's like, yeah, no, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, but there were, you know, you know there were educators that just, I mean, I had a high school history teacher, mm-hmm. ex-Vietnam War veteran. We sit down, we just read out of the book. Go one by one. Yeah. Paragraph by paragraph. If you, like, stuttered, he would just be like, cough it up! Get it out. <laughs> Putting just like making people cry, yeah, for not being able to read. Are you, are you like a
1: better person from that?
0: I don't, well now I know what not to do. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to be like yeah. Well, that's what we did.
1: And you know what? I mean, that was a. That's like, what I'm I gonna do got, too. No. I mean, I got it, but I also I, when I think back, like, I was good at school though. I, you know like that's why I'm kind of partially why I'm a teacher because I I could
0: do school. Like, I didn't study until college. Do you think most teachers get into teaching because? They see how fun school is, and they just want to—not like fun in a, like a party sense, but yeah. just enjoyable. That how learning, how enjoyable learning is. Like the process, probably. I would say. I mean, is that is that that's why you became a teacher?
1: Yeah. So I, I like yes, because like I like the learning like the process like school, and then it kind of was, is was more of like um, not inception, but you know, like I, I feel like a lot of teachers are told. Hey, you would be a good teacher. Mm-hmm. That was a phenomenon that I had anyway. Right my my it was like senior year. And one of my teachers were like, Yeah, you'd be a good teacher. I think you know we need people like
0: you in education. And then I was like, sold The seed was planted. Yeah. So before you got mm-hmm. before you got the call up to the teaching leagues by your high school teacher, mm-hmm. did you I mean or even before you can became a teacher, was there any other professions that you kind of tiptoed into or, like, started to slide into and shifted um, out of?
1: When I was little, I wanted to be a veterinarian. That's, that's like, number one. I'd watch all those vet ER shows on Animal Planet. I think I was really into that. And then I had a moment where I was like, to me, a veterinarian turned into, my cat hasn't pooped in a week. Oh, what's wrong? Like, that's, like, that. and then I went to this moment where I was like, oh, I'm not going to be performing elephant surgeries, like, on average. You know that like. Whether that's true or not. But that was like my perspective. It was like,
0: oh. I'm just giving a cat some stool and I, loosener. Yeah. <laughs> mixing it in. So there's yeah, that. Took- and also
1: the incredible um, long schooling. Yeah. I don't know. I, for whatever reason, I just kind of like left it.
0: Did and you? But did you, st- you didn't like take any classes? No, no. Zero percent.
1: The one thing though that, so I was in college, I have a dance minor degree. Okay. And as I was reaching, as I was learning more about that, I was really kind of interested in going up to like the Twin Cities or another city and just kind of. Being a dancer, and then eventually applying for my MFA, Master of Fine Arts in mm-hmm. dance, and kind of doing that.
0: But and you but you but you are st- you're still actively pursuing that, right? Yeah, like
1: I still dance, yeah.
0: And are you? But is there a hope that one day you you do um, the MFA?
1: Maybe I don't know. So like I would to do it, I would probably leave teaching, just for the just for the intensity of a program and like how. Every day in and out, it would be like I couldn't like do that on online classes or like
0: on the weekend. <laughs> Dan- online dance. Online classes. dance. You what know does what? that look like? Yeah, right. connect with Skype and <laughs> laggy dance moves. That's um, cool.
1: It's it's new. Yeah, the lag was meant to happen.
0: Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. But I also
1: have found that dance is really like my life is a. It's not like what well, was I a dancer or a teacher. Which one did you end up being? You know, like that's not going to be in the memoir kind of thing. You're either going to be a dancer or um, a teacher.
0: But I'm make also, up your mind. That's the scene of the yeah, movie.
1: Yeah, it's like High School Musical. Are you going to play basketball or you know be in the musical? Which he did both, and like I, I guess I'm kind of doing both. If I think about the last couple, like I've danced every day for the last two or three weeks.
0: As a part of like a troupe so it of a- with
1: the, the choreographing a musical oh yeah that's right yeah okay and but then also part like I just got this past weekend um, the dance group I met performed at a music festival so that was really
0: cool and so was that every night you guys had
1: no thing? we just did one night. so oh, we did right. so Friday was the performance and, and how many people are in your group well it also ranges because all of the people in the group are kind of like me where we all have a quote day job all of us do very different things so none of us are like really quote full-time
0: dance dancers
1: We're like we're like oh oh, we did just dance classes all day
0: were you always into dance or was it like college you came into it or was it just something you grew up doing
1: oh no i was definitely always in theater and dance although it wasn't until my junior year of high school that i was in the musical so junior senior year i did that and then i didn't technically study dance until college i didn't have my first dance class like modern one until college
0: Dance interests me. Mm-hmm. I've told you this before, but maybe it's an experience that a lot of other people feel is that they like to dance, mm-hmm. but there's this part of your brain that almost won't allow you to do it because it's just so concerned with how you are being like perceived. How you look, yeah, how you look or yeah. like just this uncomfortable feeling. Like if I'm with my son, just in the living room, and we have got some music pumping, like I can, I can, yeah, and just, like, I can really. You know, bust a move. Yeah, and but I mean, I, they're good. They're good moves. They're, <laughs> it's I've, good. No, I've, I've, it's great. But I have a I have a,
1: a visual dictionary. You know, visual you know record of these. It's
0: but whenever I'm out or you know at a place where other people are dancing, I just I just feel so uncomfortable. You're like, I will
1: not engage.
0: Yeah, but so my wife is from Mexico, and when we go there, that is not how males feel. Mm-hmm. Like in Latin America males dance. Oh, yeah. Every male mm-hmm. dances, and every female dances, mm-hmm. and it's celebrated, and nobody really cares it's what It's more it like culturally like.
1: intertwined, almost. Like, it's it's a social, it's a very social thing to do, rather than here, where I feel like it's like, oh, I don't dance because people are like, oh, wow, you look really stupid, and you're
0: like, oh, Did you ever have that feeling, or not? Um, Was it always just like, I am amazing, of, and you will all watch me now?
1: No, kind of, though. I mean, that's part of it, is like, you kind of have to just kind of crack the shell
0: open how do you do that how do you crack the shell well for
1: me I mean it's all based also on the environment that you have it in right now I'm dancing with some 11th grade classes they have to do a project on the great Gatsby and they're making dance projects and they've had the average dance classes is like 0.1 there's like one kid that's probably one dance class and so you have to just create that environment where we know that you're going to quote look stupid or we know we're going to make mistakes or we're going to be it's going to be uncomfortable because you've never seen this or you've never experienced this or like usually we're just like sitting, standing, walking, sitting, laying. Like those are the the movement patterns that we have and when we break those patterns it's uncomfortable for people to see or uncomfortable it's just not what we're used to. Can you tell how uncomfortable they are? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. But I kind of but I mean it's setting up the environment where we're okay with that like we acknowledge it and we see it and we're not um being judgmental, we're not doing things like laughing or snickering, or if we are, we are you know doing it in a supportive, positive
0: way. And what are they? And how do they respond? Do they get like over time? Do you notice them cracking the shell?
1: Yeah, well, with musical definitely, but that's also self-select. Like they want to be there, mm-hmm. they audition to be there. Um, but with the class projects, mostly they do. I mean, they end up having projects, so
0: and they do them, but yeah. I'm sure, I can just bet that when they're doing the project, they still feel that uncomfortableness. Yeah. I feel like it would be very useful or valuable to have that as a part of of the curriculum. Mm -hmm. Like, throughout. Because you look at, I I watch my son, two and a half years old, dancing. Mm. And whenever, he'll dance whenever he hears music. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure when I was two, I did the same thing. Music means
1: move. You know, dance. It's natural.
0: But over time like I was just trained by my surroundings to like mm-hmm. rep- repress that or be yeah. self conscious of that and I really, it really bothers me because I want because I see what it's like in Latin America yeah, and it's awesome and it makes me feel more free to dance mm-hmm. even it's like the I'm,
1: joy and like the culture ex- cultural exchange and like, it's fun like that's what we're here for people and I think it's again it's just like how you frame it or set it up so like when I'm at but with I'm with like my dance people who I'm like comfortable with who I've danced with for a very long time Um, I have no I know like I acknowledge it that I'm like oh well, I probably look kind of silly right now but we're all dancing together so it's like I don't value that opinion if someone's walking down the street like one of the projects we're doing is a site specific work where we're dancing in this open lot in downtown Winona and it's like just on the street. Like, it's next to the street. People are just walk in. They're seeing it. But, like, we're not self-conscious about it because we're doing an art project. And we're creating this. And that's just... I'm with other people who are doing the same thing, who are like-minded, who are kind of holding that space.
0: Yeah, I was just I was just talking about that idea with my class today, my AVID class, that we read an article about how to stop letting what other people think of you matter. Because... And the point was that... And the 15-year-old replied... But the, <laughs> yeah right but they I, I mean it was just as useful for me which is why I love reading that stuff over and over again is because it just reinforces that people they don't actually care
1: no it's like the it's like the false perception
0: you think everything is zeroed in on you mm-hmm. but in reality they're just zeroed in on themselves yeah and your perception of this caring that they have or like mm-hmm. this like they might look at you and be like hmm yeah what's mentally wrong with that yeah. person they don't that's not what they're thinking they're just no. they don't care they're more apathetic than you think I mean even like doing this podcast the first episode I didn't put out I was kind of anxious and nervous like oh my voice is out there now and mm. hope oh, people are going to judge me and they're going to think certain things about me but as I read that article as I've recorded a couple more I realized they don't actually care yeah <laughs> like deep down they, they think maybe they think it's interesting but they yeah. don't Care as much as I care about how I yeah, sound. Yeah, like you—you like
1: you are the harshest critic, and you are the number one person who's thought the most about it.
0: Right, and it's crazy. I don't. I wish that, or I would hope that that was that would be told to kids in school frequently. Yeah. But it's not. Do you well, agree? and that's part of like the
1: like. Whenever we have our wonderful in services, we're like kids should be able to take risks. They should, you know, like be confident in making mistakes, and it's like, well. That's way easier said than done, and like that's what dance that's what I've kind of found is like. That has really helped us kind of break some of that, and that's what I hope is that kids kind of, this kind of this idea of being um, in a place of discomfort, the longer you are in a place of discomfort, you find that maybe, the more comfortable you become.
0: Well, that's where, I think that's where learning takes place is when you feel. Absolutely awkward or uncomfortable mm. well, it's, it's it like
1: was, information
0: yeah and it's I mean it's not a pleasant experience probably
1: well that's what's called discomfort it's its, it's called <laughs> Wait, like the what? lack of comfort what do you comfort, mean are you sure yeah. are you sure about that have you checked Sorry, recently by definition yeah
0: um, what urban dictionary were we talking
1: <laughs> yeah right um, <laughs> so yeah but like that's and like that that's like where the most, most growth happens because you, I mean that's like with like teaching too it's like well standing up in front of like, most teachers, you could be, like, you get to a point where it's really crazy, and you're like, hmm, what's going to happen in class today? Like, I'm pretty sure most teachers, you could hand them something, like, be like, surprise, today you're not going to be teaching, you know, history. You're going to go to this English class, and you're just going to do it. You know, I think teachers, I mean, really, really uncomfortable, but I think a good teacher, and, like, the more you start teaching, you're like, hey, let's figure this out.
0: And Wouldn't that start- be kind of cool? Oh, that'd be so much fun. Wouldn't that be a fun, like, uh... I don't know if that'd be, like, an April Fool's thing you would do as a school, or... Oh, just switch all the teachers around. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Like, as a principal, you pull an April Fool's joke that is, all right, your new teaching assignments for the day are in your mailbox. I'm sure there would be some really good sports. Yeah. But I'm sure also there would be some really poor sports.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I'm trying to, I was just trying to
0: think of, like, what I wouldn't teach.
1: I think it would be really fun.
0: Or some basic lesson. You had like a basic yeah. topic to explore or mm-hmm. that you had like a skeleton of a lesson. Yeah. Not a complete... Like
1: I could walk into an English class and rant about Pride and Prejudice. Like
0: no one's deal. Bring it up. Or even if you couldn't, like it would be great for a teacher to walk in and be like, what if, so what is going on here with this mm-hmm. book? And then the kids would have to maybe enlighten their teacher on what was happening, and it would be a good exercise in, yeah, I don't know, summarizing or, you know, sh- showing their understanding for something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's really, that'd be really a really fun thing to do. Yeah. And also, you I know, it. it'd be un- uncomfortable, yeah. for sure, because there would be that just uncertainty. Well, it's kind of like how the, how the other
1: half lives, you know? Math, for example. If they have, like, a math assignment, you're like, well, I don't know any of this math. <laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> <laughs> I know none of this. Or, I haven't done this in a while, or... Dang, they have no idea what this is, and now I have to explain to them this angle stuff.
0: I don't know. It'd be, I think that'd be good for like a half day. Yeah. Because you wouldn't be too exposed
1: over a period of time.
0: I think so. And then, like, imagine coming back and talking to your colleagues that you switched with and Yeah. And then they'd be chatting. like, chatting.
1: They'd be like, Are you kidding me? You don't know how to, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, set up a book discussion with the main theme of the passage? No I'm, no, I'm a I, failure. No, I don't. And all the chemicals blew up. But
0: <laughs> we, we did a lab. And <laughs> that could be. Everyone dangerous. has
1: chemical yeah. burns, and there's just random. All stuff the eye wash stations are full. I don't, know. There's I'm glass sorry. everywhere.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that would be, I think, exciting. Yeah. So if anyone's listening, try that. And that's something they wouldn't. They don't really teach you when you're becoming a teacher either. How to. Obviously, that doesn't make any sense to teach you how to teach everything. But what do you? So, what do you think of the teacher? What the process of becoming a teacher? Because you, so you, this is your fourth year teaching. You're still aware, or you remember pretty well, yeah, how that went.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you went to a, a school that specializes in yeah. teacher training. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, yes, they have like a teacher. Don't they have like a teacher lab. It's happening. Yeah, so it's being built. I think it's completed, and they're wow. using it. Last time I was there, they oh, were saying like we're ready to unveil our teaching. They call it the lab. education village. Wow Yeah. A village.
1: Well, it's it's a it's it's a
0: building. that's a village, but. And so, what what do you think of that whole process? Do you think it's, uh, it's 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 it works, or do you think like as you're you've taught for four years, you realize none of it was useful, and you've learned yeah. on the job more. What do you think about the way we, we teach our teachers?
1: Um, I would say that there are some things that really stuck. Like, there's so, like one, of the, one of my favorite classes kind of um, went through kind of like the history of the field of teaching and like why we're here. And talked. it went through a lot of readings of how public education started. Like what? what is the core of public education? Like it is here to teach every single child, period, done.
0: Right, and then like just to basically have a educated public so that yeah. you can advance as a society, so it advances, or what?
1: Yeah, advance as a society. But like that's really kind of like a lot of what I, you know, my edu- personal philosophy on teaching this, like, you know, we're here to teach every child, you know, that's been, you know, hashed out and sometimes told through legislation, you know, like, no, you, you can't just say no to some kids. Right. So um, kind of this, like, we're here to teach every child, teach the whole child kind of this idea that a school is a place where you know parents are bringing their children to be trusted to have you know like for safety for education for all of this stuff so it's kind of like that was this class and then it walked through that and then it also walked through most of it was like educational philosophy I thought that was very helpful that's like framed like on days where I'm like really tired I remind myself like oh this is like the institution of public education is like supposed to be doing this that is our goal that is our mission which is kind of a big mission
0: yeah, you know, it's strange. Like that's it's kind of interesting. Like that's so impactful for you. But I, I never had a class on that. Like I would have yeah. loved to have taken that class.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. It and would have it, it would have
0: made sense to take that class to understand <laughs> why we have teachers. Yeah, like, and like, it's, start like out with it's like that. weird. Yeah, it's like weird that that
1: has to be like a specific class. But it's really like explicitly like, hey, this is why you were here. This is what you're kind of signing on to. And then I had some really useless ones. Like,
0: like they probably, I bet they're so useless that you don't even have stored memory of what took place during those no, classes.
1: No, the worst part is like I know because I was
0: angry during a lot of it. So just an anger memory. Yeah, no, it brain. definitely was an anger, and it was
1: also one of those like moments where all of all of us in the class—it was a very small class—and all of us were like, "This is terrible, right?" And we're like, "Yes, this is terrible." And it was all people <laughs> I knew, like it was. Because eventually it was like an upper level, and you get to like this like you have a pretty small cohort then because it was it was a very focused class, and we're just like yeah wow this is kind of
0: ridiculous,
1: it was it was so useless and it was so and that was really frustrating is because it could, it should have been the best, one of the best,
0: and that was a half a year of your life. Yes. Right. Yes. Do you think it's an okay system the way we have right now, or do you think um, it, there's some like radical, cool new idea um, you have to create? better teachers, or, you know, mm-hmm. teachers more quickly, or, do you like, do you think the amount of time you spent in college was the right amount of time? Because I feel that after I took all those education classes and started teaching, I thought, well, I could have been doing this for, like, two years already, because mm-hmm. I haven't
1: like, changed dang, I'm all good. that much. Yeah. Not, not, not that
0: I'm that good, but I didn't think I had learned anything that was groundbreakingly yeah. changing how I was going to approach it originally. Mm-hmm. So, like, student teaching was
1: big. Like, to me, student teaching is, like, that's when you realize if the four years before were even worth it. Because, I mean, you could learn about reading strategies. You can learn about, you know, formative assessment. You know, like, what that is. And you can write the definition down. But it's, like, until you're, like, doing it every single day, that's huge. And, like, that's what I was thinking of, too, is, like, how much did that prepare me for student teaching, which I thought was... Really, where most of my education, so I did four years and then a half year of student teaching. so I did four and a half years, mm-hmm. um, and I really think that that half year student teaching that semester was not didn't outweigh the other four years, but it stood up next to it pretty strongly. <laughs> like, it definitely gave it as a run for its money. Um, because I definitely I feel like there's so much you have to learn, but then I also feel like there's like random factual things. Like I had this assessment class, Again, got totally it was very useless, but I shouldn't say totally useless. There are elements of it that I that really stuck with me, right. but
0: not in Like one one inch one not a like semester passage. worth. Not a semester worth. One yeah. one graph in a textbook like really made you think like oh my god oh, this is it. Is, like that's probably all you needed, right? Yeah.
1: So I don't know, but I also don't have any like radical changes for it. Um, the only radical change I have, which will never happen, is that student teaching can't go unpaid.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, it's kind of crazy. That like you unpaid, you have to pay unpaid
1: internships are basically illegal now, except for student teaching. That's the only like you're paying a full semester of tuition of tuition to go to a, one of the most stressful jobs in the world for free.
0: Right. I yes. can't believe. I mean, I guess I can believe, but it's kind of strange. <laughs> well, it's education, to think. so it's like, where's the money going to come from? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, what generous <laughs> private industry? <laughs> uh, that'd be great. Altruism. um exactly. But I, yeah, I, I. That's a big problem, I think, because. Well,
1: if we want good teachers, we're making them go through an incredibly stressful, somehow possible experience.
0: There's no, yeah, there's and there's no economic incentive to do it. No. I mean, there's incentive in the fact that you get to work with kids and possibly have great influence over mm. a large amount of people. Yeah. The problem I have, or the one thing I think is a big deal, is that it's just it's too long to become a teacher. I don't think you need to go to school that long to be a teacher, I think that if, what if, what if teachers were trained in schools for multiple years, like let's say they, I want to be a teacher, you pass some sort of admission requirements, you pass mm-hmm. like an interview, um, and then you become a paraprofessional. Mm-hmm. And then through that, you maybe learn how to assist yeah. special needs students, or you maybe you have maybe you're like a para for like EL students, mm-hmm. and you learn how to cater to those populations. And yeah. then as you make your way through, you you know maybe you have a, a partner teacher that you have a long student teaching mm-hmm. period with. It's like two years, or you know, yeah, two years would be a good length. And and then by the end of that. Maybe you, instead of passing a multiple choice test that says, I know my stuff, maybe you get interviewed by... Which for a,
1: some reason is in two parts and you have to pay for both parts separately. And it takes them months to process, <laughs> by the way.
0: By the... Yeah.
1: A digital multiple choice test, so really. Th- there's yeah. one of that.
0: That's a big problem, right? Like that's a, that's a thing that should be changed. But let's say, so you spend a year doing para work, two years being a student teacher with like a partner teacher... Mm-hmm. And then at the end, instead of that multiple choice test, you have like an interview with a panel of, like, I, yeah. I'm picturing like this Jedi Council of teachers, mm-hmm. who just give you just one of them's a hologram. <laughs> it's like a hologram. Of, I don't, like, is there a, is there like a Yoda teacher that people often reference from your oh, educational oh history God. class? Was there anybody oh that gosh. was like. Because like, we don't have, like, a, you know, a, like, a I don't know. scientist, there's, they're just no busy working. historian. There's no famous teachers, are there?
1: They're just busy doing their job. That's why <laughs> they, they don't have time to go on, like, national tours is because it's their, all the best teachers are like, yeah, I just I just do my job. There's
0: no, like, Michael job. Jordan of teaching, right? Well, there probably is. But there isn't, like, no. But like, no, no, no because no, we would you know would, it. Yeah. We would be like, why can't you be more like, yeah. like you know?
1: Well, because, I well, maybe, because, I mean, there's so many, like, very successful ways to also be like it's right. hard to quantify Michael Jordan you know his dunks you know his shot percent I don't know whatever you know you know his stats mm-hmm. for you well, know yeah what are your teacher stats like what are my teacher stats like um number of kids kicked out um number of mca scores you know number of times that kid has been like oh yeah that's a good teacher you know like I don't know like People number of it. angry parent emails like, I don't know how, <laughs> like how do you like I don't know what the the, quanti- like, the the metric's gonna be
0: I'd like to think that someday there'll be like a a bar or that I mean we'll have a hologram of that person at this yeah. Jedi council that gives like they would give you the your wasting. teacher's license yeah. and I think <laughs> that that would be a better process to have than all of the paperwork that is involved mm-hmm. in well, the system. they tried
1: to do the edTPA
0: Right, but that's just more paperwork. This is
1: more paperwork and more money.
0: It then it's money to a, a textbook company or a test making yes. company.
1: Which, by the way, told me that I was not smart enough to be a teacher. Mm.
0: Really? Yeah. Yes. Was that like a my
1: TPA score was before? So I like legally I like, can't teach in New York or something. Something <laughs> so some crazy like that. Like my <laughs> score is so low. Is like it's like because states are like slowly enro- using it. But then I found out that it was just this. Okay, the TPA scores are just like retired teachers that like read them, eat and... the cash. There's like nothing. They can like open it, read it, and then just like pause, go take their dog for a while, come back, read more. Where was
0: I? I know, yeah,
1: and I think they just disagreed with what I had to say. But yeah, so the TPA score told me, and also what I found out is the first time I entered the education program, I was denied. Why? Well, I like to say because I took too many hard classes too soon. Oh, yeah. And go. so my GPA was lower because everyone was in like freshman math one and I was in
0: like calculus. But so well, you don't get like a super A plus in calculus, probably, right? I absolutely did not. Because oh. it's difficult. I would not wow. be getting an A plus in calculus. No.
1: But if I took freshman math one, I
0: you would, know, have a, would have had a higher GPA. I'm over.
1: But yeah, so I, according to my TPA score, I can't. I like, I'm not a good enough
0: teacher. I was in the. Pilot year, mm-hmm. so I don't even have a score. They well, mine was
1: the year. Mine was the year where it was like, "You're gonna, we're gonna make you pay for it and make you take it, but we cannot enforce the results of your score." Like, they couldn't be like, "Oh, you got this score, you can't get your license." So I paid for a very expensive test after at the end of student
0: teaching, mm-hmm.
1: at, at the end of the of free work.
0: Ours was free, and they said, "Well, it's the first year, so we're not—we don't know what oh. we're doing. So we're just gonna we just do it, and then we'll give you this." Hmm. And I was like, "Huh." Yeah. Feel sorry for the next sucker. who has got to do this yeah, next year. That's a real doozy. Yeah, getting that back, and they're like, "You got a one." See, I think Je- I think Jedi Council is the way to go.
1: Yeah, I like Jedi Council hologram in
0: some um, sort of like green. Um, I don't know. Not deformed, but like a green Yoda-like humanoid. Human, I don't, are, you, are you Star Wars fan?
1: I, I know more than the average person in yeah. Star Wars, but I.
0: I You're not like yeah, I'm not. I think I'm. I think we're probably along the same in the same boat with him. Yeah, just know the the plot lines. I've seen the movies. It's not, but I don't know. the you know, one of middle the names. Yeah.
1: Oh no, I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you'll I'll run into students who when I'm like, oh, hey, I'll say, like, the word Star Wars. And then it's like, oh, green light. Let's tell him about the yeah, and then third like, oh God, uh, nebulizer read. in but the <laughs> fourth act of the mm, cantina scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which is uh, also the, which is one fine. of the best
1: parts about teaching, too. just yeah. realizing how many kids know so much about so much random stuff. And then, like, using that one little, like, trigger word almost, like, being like, Star Wars. And then realizing that they just have this depth of knowledge. I just go crazy
0: about. Or, it. To, to, or you, you try that and you swing and you swing for the fences, but you miss. Oh, would you mass for Like oh, you, nobody, nobody knows that. And no one in class cake.
1: even can tell you like a lightsaber.
0: I asked the class, a class if they had, knew what the Matrix was. Oh.
1: Like, That's a, officially like a dated,
0: week ago. I think. It's what? That's officially dated. Yeah, I, 1997, I think. I mean, 99. that was old
1: when I. I mean, I'm a '92 baby. But That's I knew it, what the is
0: was. But is it, I feel like that movie is very—it's cemented. It's like oh, a, yeah. out of out of like when you look at movies, there's some that just like they, if you're looking at uh, the timeline of movies, mm-hmm. there's some that pop up right that like are like staples, movie staples throughout history. Like you know, Gone with the Wind. You know, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. You know, Casablanca. Like as you go through time, maybe you know the Sting or like some of those '70s films, like you know Rocky. Yeah. Like you know Star Wars. Yeah. I feel like the Matrix is the matrix on that is a list. Spike. Is a spike in the scale? Am I? Am I? Am, I, am, I, am No, I, I would agree. Am I wrong about
1: that? Well, because I mean, it has like the slowdown scene. Like the idea that yeah. like robots are. I mean, that's not new. Like you're not new, but it's like that's like an idea. Like robots are in charge of the humans, and it's like there's a like a, a glitch in the Matrix or whatever.
0: Or we're living in a computer simulation.
1: Like and that. you wouldn't know because you don't have the power to see through it. But sometimes there's glitches, like glitches where you can see through it. But then it's like it's smothered over or smoothed over so that you don't
0: notice people I mean people will, that's a that's a theory that gets thrown out constantly on my oh, Twitter
1: yeah. but I mean that's the same but I mean if you science brain I'll ruin it with science if you can't observe it if it doesn't have an observable thing if like the part of the catch is yeah but you, you you can't you can't see it that's the point it's like well okay well, like, if I can't measure it I can't observe like if there's no then I I can't study it that's so why I'm not going to even meet you on a scientific level but on a Fun, matrix level, absolutely.
0: So, do you think science, just being a science teacher and liking science so much, you approach things like that, and you often, like, if someone were to bring up some sort of fun theory, you'll just yeah. kill it with science? Oh, absolutely not. No, you'll you'll play along. No, with
1: I no, I totally love not
0: focusing, You
1: know, like I like like the focusing on the science thing is fun, but it's like, I mean, those fun theories are cool. Like that's what how science grows. Like science grows through. Everything of how like everything was pseudoscience until it wasn't.
0: Right. Whoa. Right. Or well, there was science that people really bought into that well, turned out to be pseudoscience. Like the yeah. what was the there's a science where it was like measuring skull size or something. Phrenology. Yeah. People really were like, I'm a phrenologist. That's um, my gig. Oh gosh. Like, oh, no, that gig is not a real gig, sir.
1: Wallace was a phrenologist. Like Darwin. Like. Wallace was a total appreciative
0: phrenologist. And so for our listeners and for myself is he Darwin's buddy? He's the, he, He's the one that made the competing so, theory? Or the no, he was same. the one who basically made it and then he like, mailed, it. he like
1: mailed it to Darwin was like hey this is a good idea. Meanwhile Wallace is the one who's like on the boat. He like literally is the one who's traveling the world and Darwin's like yeah I did the one shot tra- I'm, I'm done now. Wallace is still doing this and like mailing and like sending things back. This is such an anecdotal story it probably this is there, really factual. I but it basically interested. was like yeah so like then he was like here's the stuff and Dr. was like
0: sweet um, thanks did he put his name on the report or not
1: I you know I, I, I feel like I'm giving like the part of the story that I feel like I'm like lying if I keep going with this but like, <laughs> like that's like the thing is like he like Wallace was a, a one of my science professors at Winona is a very loves the anecdote Loves the story, so the story was always like Wallace was the one who like was studying, studied skulls, sent it back. Darwin was like, thanks. Retro, not retrofitted, fitted it into something that he was typing,
0: typing, writing, presenting, published. And so that and that was like the basis. So, yeah. but isn't that funny that so? But well, there was all, like very close overlap. What Wallace was doing eventually becomes known as. You know, pseudoscience, phrenology. Yeah. But if without that phrenology, we wouldn't have the complete—not the complete, but the theory, Darwin's theory of evolution
1: by natural selection. Yeah.
0: That see, that's the thing. That's why I love history, is because there are these weird events that are connected. Like if you ever see where somebody goes crazy and they're trying to figure out how a mystery is solved, and Mm -hmm. they have these like these strings connected. Yeah. You know, and you see like strings like that. And when I see those strings, I'm just like, hey, look at that
1: string. That's so
0: cool. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Without that, you wouldn't have that. But like pseudoscience,
1: like going back to that, like the idea that, like, I think, you know, this quote, pseudoscience or science fiction, it pushes the boundaries. Maybe not in fact, like we have phasers and we are teleporting, but then it makes someone go, but what if? I'm going to make this. Or what would be needed with our current technology to make that?
0: And so, do you, like, is that something you think of? you think of frequently or? Sometimes. And is that just, is that, is that the science part of you or is that just things that are interesting to you?
1: Um, well, I think that like, inter- also in like dance too. So dance has evolved
0: immensely. And so you, are you trying to think like, what's next? Are you thinking well, of Well, kind of
1: what's next, or like how it just naturally goes through this kind of creative process of, you know, modern dance coming from ballet. Like ballet being a, like a very codified movement, modern dancing, Hey, well, we don't have to, and look at that's more of breaking the rules and then creating new ones, and then what's he doing? Oh my I just, god! I don't. We're not wearing shoes, like we're not wearing ballet shoes. What of it? You know, like we don't have. You know, we're using some of like the same threads, but you know, it's evolving and changing in other ways. And I think I think of science in that
0: way, right? Oh my god! There's uh, the TV series Cosmos. Have you seen that? The, not the old one from the seventies. Um,
1: I've seen some of them.
0: Um, and yeah, that that's. That series is filled with stories of scientists who just refused like they they just got so obsessed with something mm-hmm. that they took it to this next level that makes them discover something crazy wrong about our world or mm-hmm. crazy wrong with what we're doing to our world or yeah. they'll create or they'll discover a new principle of something. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. The guy who dated the earth correctly. Do you know about him?
1: I'm going to feel... Oh, my gosh.
0: I feel his name is, like, Claire or something. Um, but anyway, his story, like, his story starts with aging the earth. And then the story ends. Like, here's the jump. He totally
1: went somewhere else, though, with it. He
0: ended up discovering the toxic or dangerous levels of lead that exist or existed within our atmosphere or our air or our soil or our food and how it was basically causing sickness and problems within our society because of our use of like leaded gasoline. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And he's like, well, this is where I'm at now. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you're the earth layer guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm the lead poison guy now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I changed monikers. Wow, I feel
1: like, I feel kind of, wow, no, I shouldn't know who that is really bad.
0: He discovered the age of the Earth based on the levels of lead in a meteorite. Because lead has a specific half-life. Mm-hmm. And he calculated or they figured that this meteorite that crashed into Earth later
1: Claire Cameron Peter, Patterson?
0: Yep, Claire Patterson. Patterson. That's his name.
1: See, he's he's a, um, he's, he's a chemical, ge- he's a geochemist.
0: American geochemist. And yeah. he found out and he dated the Earth at what is it, 3.5, 4.5 billion years old? yeah based on those levels of lead that had deteriorated in the meteorite but in that process he discovers that everything was contaminated with lead because he tried to create the (laughs) first he's like everyone stop what you're doing and it took him like years and years of yeah he made a clean room i don't know if that's those are popular in science but like Mm -hmm. he creates these clean rooms to try and have a pristine environment but he's still like these levels are off like why am i picking up lead this is not zero yeah right and so he went to the arctic and he drilled into the ice mm. like deep 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 down yeah. and he found like oh there's no lead down here oh there's lead when we start the industrial revolution okay mm. so all this lead going into the atmosphere is soaking into our soil and our ice and our water oh and what does lead do to your brain oh my god it makes you crazy <laughs>
1: Yeah, like that's what he, he kind of follows.
0: And that, like it's those jumps and those strings mm-hmm. in science and history, yeah. that I get really excited about and try to get my students excited well, about. Well, yeah,
1: because you also want to be like lead guy wasn't lead poison guy his whole life, and that's kind of like what I also feel like. I mean, I went in I went into college like my freshman year I was a life science education major. I didn't change majors. That was just like my one, like my major and I just kept with it. This idea that like interest, like people can develop interests. Like what you're doing now isn't what you've done necessarily, isn't what you're going to do. Like that's what I want. Because I mean some kids, I mean a lot of our seniors and juniors are like, so what are you going to do for the rest of your life, huh? It's like, well that's impossible. No one's been able to answer that ever. You know, like no one really picks that. Um, But you just have to follow these these. Threads almost follow these interests, follow these opportunities. If keep saying yes to things, if it's a no, you'll know it. Like you'll know if it's a no. You know, like your gut will be like stop.
0: Right. (laughs) And so this article about uh, to reference back the article about not caring what other people think of you. Mm -hmm. The takeaway was you need to find your authentic voice. Mm-hmm. And the way you find that is by experiencing new things and, mm-hmm. you know, following the path. Like, ooh, yeah, this really, this excites me. I'm going to keep going on that path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And then realizing, like, if you don't like something, don't force it. Be done. Yeah, they can walk away. Turn around. Yeah. Make a new path. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get stuck in this idea that, oh, I've already made a choice. Mm-hmm. I have to trudge forward.
1: Yeah. There is some students going around about that they just read like the alchemist or whatever and they're talking about if you are on the right path or if you see a sign like will that take on the right path or the wrong path this one i kind of got maybe kind of hippie on them where i was like the path isn't there already it's not in front of you it's like a field and like you're you're trudging like you're leaving a trail and so that that's what i think a lot of students think and a lot of people just people in general they think that the path is there already and they have to like can't stray from it or they might accidentally stray from it or they might miss something but it's like if we want to get kind of zen on it it's just like everything will happen like you are going to keep moving forward you know you're going to keep moving you know you'll kind of realize where it's going to take
0: you as you go like you have to create it the the one analogy or the one thing i've heard that describes it best is using the analogy of the light. So Mm -hmm. the light is obviously your interest or the thing that's drawing you forward. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have an interest like, okay, I want to do that. I want to be that. And that's your light. And you head towards that light. But then as you get closer to that light, you realize like that light, that's not there anymore. It's over there. Mm -hmm. It's in a different direction because, oh, I actually like that. I Mm -hmm. should go that way now. And then you keep your it's like this never ending chasing of the light mm-hmm. that you'll never actually get to. Yeah. But I mean, going towards it will put you on an enjoyable and helpful path mm-hmm. that you know makes you grow and turns you into this constantly evolving human.
1: Mm-hmm. It was kind of like I read something too where it was like this as you are you're following your dreams, as you're going in, in a direction. As you're going on the journey you're the the inspiration usually if you're quote doing it right as you go on your journey you learn more things and you realize that the journey or the path changes like it's like the light is in a different place it's like wait because i've learned more things i've developed i've grown i'm a totally different person and this goal is way different now and it's not that it's bad like if i don't know if you attach to a certain goal the closer you get to it, the more you realize that you're defining it in new ways so that you have other values. Or, you know, like you find these new ways, like you find this new thing. You know, your goals and your values, because you're, you're changing, you're growing, and you're like, oh, this is like, ooh, new direction. And you can leave it your current one. Or it might just have evolved into something else.
0: And, and do you think that high school students can process that's, like, or can start on that journey, because I'm thinking of myself yeah. as a high school student, and I w- I didn't think of that stuff. Oh, absolutely not, no. And so is that just something I was like, what college,
1: how far, how much money, is there a meal plan? Right. What's the colors? <laughs> what's the school colors? Um, what's the dorm name? You know, like, that's like, you know, like, literally what do you think of. But
0: is it crazy to think that they could be engaged in this type of stuff, I mean, I, yeah. I talk about this in Abbott all the time. I don't yeah. know if I'm just sounding like some strange mystic to them.
1: Yeah, or they're like, hey, Clark, why are you wearing shoes? Like, you know, I just feel like, take our shoes off and just, like, wear, like, <laughs> linen, you know? And just, like, that's what I think of sometimes.
0: Right. I think that it's super helpful to think of these things that we're talking about, but I yeah. don't know how realistic it is for a high school student to be... I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong and Mm -hmm. kids are listening to this and they are totally getting it and they really want to follow these, you know, ideas and become constantly evolving Mm. human beings. Yeah, I think that's
1: kind of like a high, a pretty high ask for that. Like, you know, not to like really demote them or to degrade them, but it's like, also some of them are having terrible days because like they're out of Pop Tarts at home. So they're pissed the whole day. It's like, okay, well. (laughs) So I'm not going to ask you to be an enlightened being because you're mad because there's no food at home. Done. Or because they misinterpreted a text from a friend. Like, that's kind of where maybe socially some things are. So it's hard to be like, hey, can you be an ever-evolving human? Come on now. But I think it's interesting. But I think of, like, some of the things that my teacher said. One of my, like, teacher inspirations was my choir director. And... You know, I follow a lot of that advice, like that sage advice. Like I, I hear it and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that, done. That's cool. So I think like whatever sticks. You know, you throw a lot at the wall and then whatever sticks.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to look
1: at it. Okay. Like like, yeah. we're, like you're, you're prophetizing. Prophetizing? Proph-
0: Proph- prophesizing? Prophesizing. What did you say? Prophetizing? Yeah. That that's it's not a word. Prophetizing, prophesy I'm gonna prophetize all this yeah. right here. Last one, like,
1: well, end of the day, I lose a couple words. You oh know, well. make up makeups the new ones.
0: Um, but I mean, you're
1: like standing up there, you know, without your shoes on. You know, you've grown a full beard. You know, you you, you wear natural fibers. Then you're like evolve humans. You know, be you know their higher self. But and you're like, oh, is this a waste of time? But then I feel like it it, it sticks. It is different things stick in different ways to different and,
0: people. Yeah, I mean something that's I say it's going to connect with one person is going to be just like, uh, yeah. a eye roll for another person. Yeah. But then another,
1: I mean, the kid that it might connect with also might be out of pop tarts, <laughs> which is apparently the analogy I'm going with. Yeah, that's going to <laughs> that's be like a metaphor. That's, that's
0: going to be the 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 final the final. Yeah, when piece. kids are having a
1: bad day, we be like, "Are you out a pop tarts at home?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? Why do you like pop tarts so much? <laughs> so, if you had to choose you had to choose one piece that did stick Mm -hmm. to everybody your your one piece of parting advice what would you hope that would stick
1: i've been thinking about this but trying to think about this
0: there's a i mean there's a lot of great pieces of advice that you could give but it's i mean it's different for everybody because of just the value system we all have is different so what do you what do you think
1: and i think it kind of like also changes like my focus changes depending on the week, depending on what I read. depending, You know, just like, oh, I'm going to really focus on this and, you know, manifesting this and this kind of, like, quote advice or, like, whatever that, I don't bumper sticker advice that you have that you kind of follow. Um, one thing that I've kind of been thinking of is because I'm a teacher teaching all students, um, and especially if you have days where maybe you have to kick a kid out, or you feel anything... So, like, to frame it is like, I think of, like, if you feel anything less than this, like, compassion or this love. Like, I'm in a, a compassion kick. So if you feel anything less than, like, this, like, universal compassion, like, you know, I see you as a human, if you feel anything less than that, that's just because you don't understand something about that person. Likewise, if anyone... Ha- if you have negative emotions towards someone or anything, it's because you don't understand something. So, like, my whole thing is with people you know this is kind of hippie stuff i guess but, but it's all, like, all
0: motivations could be considered hippie stuff oh, right? Yeah, right i mean yeah. but it's all this it's great but it's like if
1: i'm here to teach every single kid there's some kids who naturally who i you know maybe if i'm tired we don't get along in some whatever ways but i just i really kind of challenge myself and i challenge others if you don't if you have negative emotions towards someone maybe it's because they to you which is okay but if you just have like this general sense of lack of compassion try to understand like maybe their perspective or where that's coming from within you or maybe it is you're tired maybe it is because you didn't get a lot of sleep because you're grading labs that the kids didn't spend a lot of time on (laughs) but like you know so that's really what i've been focusing on myself if you feel anything less than love and compassion for someone it's because you don't understand something and then are you going to try to understand that or are you just going to use that then to change your own behavior with them
0: not, not indulge in the behavior, but have, I've heard this idea of have almost a, the higher version of yourself that can recognize yeah. when you are experiencing those negative emotions. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we we just let that take us over. And that, that's, you know, think about how many different versions of yourself there are. There's hungry you, there's tired you, there's yeah. angry you, mm-hmm. and they're all you know, uniquely different, but they yes. will hijack your body and they'll mm-hmm. hijack your brain. If yeah, but if you do create that higher version, like the king of kings, as they say, mm-hmm. or whatever the the thing that stands above all of them, yeah, to kind of you know keep them in check, or just realize like, okay, you're mm-hmm. in charge now. Mm-hmm. Why are you in charge? Yeah, just asking like, yourself that. Angry
1: Deering's in charge. Why? Well, lack of sleep. No pop tarts.
0: Let's get some pop tarts. Let's get
1: some pop. <laughs> but then also being like okay well I'm you know I see that and I'm not going to you know, you know I'm taking the reins away from you right now because right. I know that's destructive or whatever you know and it's just like recognizing that and way easier said than done but then also being like you know what no or even like seeing that um, how you react in certain situations and being like oh this is how I want to like how I, my gut is reacting but how would my higher self react how would my compassionate loving self react
0: It's awesome yeah, so that's
1: that's I guess that's a, that's a long piece of advice.
0: That's a no. That's on par with everybody else's piece okay. of advice. Um, just to wrap up. Yes. What uh, do you listen to? Any other podcast? I have to do a lot of podcasts. What do you listen to? So I'm um, interested.
1: I'm really into the new Serial season right now. Mm. So Serial release, a new season.
0: Um, it's about a murder, always, right?
1: Yes, but it's not about a murder. Oh. So it's it's that, so deeper. the first one was a murder. The second one was well, I don't know. Third one though is she spent a year in the Ohio court system, Columbus, maybe Columbus. I always get them mixed up.
0: Columbus, Ohio. Oh, yes, okay. Cleveland.
1: Cleveland, Ohio. One of them. Now, bad selling. Anyway, she's so um, Sarah Kate spent a whole year there, just seeing how the criminal justice system worked. It's More alarming than
0: informative so and alarming. She would just go to hearings, right? Yeah. She'd sit at the courthouse. Yeah, because
1: something were like, they can, they have like an open recording policy. Like, some, like right. in some places, you have to, like, get permits or whatever, but, like, they're just like, yeah, you can record anything. Anywhere, anything. Just record audio anywhere.
0: And it's just troubling. I mean, what is yeah, you problem?
1: learn a lot. You're like, whoa. Someone who is, you know, walking on the street now is, like, pleading to a misdemeanor when they really did nothing. Wrong. And now it's like, well, you have, a, you have like, a, you have an M1 now or whatever when you were actually doing nothing wrong, but the situation escalated, so then now there is something right like, anyway so that's one that I listen to I'm into a cults podcast cults
0: literally just cults that's what it's a closed cult yeah cults uh, um what are they and any they just go to different cults they just, it's very current factual. cults old cults all all cults no discriminating no discrimination cults.
1: and it's just like it's like it's a fact thing Like there's no narrative it's just here's the cult
0: what's the strangest cult you've um you've heard? what did
1: I just finish I just finished one they're kind of in some, into some niche cults so like we already they already did the Moonies. They already did oh, the Moonies, yeah. um, The family.
0: The family. What family? The Manson cult. Yes,
1: the Manson family. They just called for the family. First. The family. Um, so like they did like all the big ones, and now it's just like some very like
0: niche, like very like
1: smaller cults that have risen up but have been kind of extinguished over the years. So
0: did I t- have I talked to you about? wild wild I country that
1: i told you about that right
0: yes. you need to watch all the that.
1: people that i've i've said like i've said the story about it, i'm like yeah i'm like find a wild wild country about cults and they're like oh yeah you totally like that I'm like how do i not know the title is so bad if i don't know they, if, I they really just, a... if they just said cults it's about a cult I'd be, like,
0: <laughs> I'd be like i'd be like oh yeah i'm watching that right now
1: <laughs>
0: i would immediately pick it up i didn't know that's what it was about for like a, a while um but yeah, I absolutely need to. I'm okay. I need to open my
1: um app though.
0: No. Um, but you should check out Wild Wild Country. You would love it. And
1: I love a cla- I love a good like radio. I mean, like Radio Lab, This American Life. I was in
0: Radio Lab's A lot of, I mean, there's a lot of science. Involved. Yeah, there's some really cool ones. I heard one on the origin of the HIV virus. hmm And it discussed like it. It went into the fact that it was from. Like they went into that theory of the like the monkey, mm-hmm. and the monkey, had eaten, two other monkeys, Whoa. and the mixture of the two monkeys' meat, with different in monkey three, it, <laughs> in turned the,
1: into HIV. Yeah,
0: so like, Whoa. I I heard this in the radio. I was like I can't. What? I, no. He ate one monkey. <laughs> radio. With, with, with one disease, it ate another monkey with a different disease, Yeah. those two diseases of the monkey meat mixed in his monkey stomach, and that's how we got the HIV. That's how HIV happened. I was just in that's like shock. World.
1: That's how things happen, though. Isn't it? It's just... You're like, I'm not even surprised at this. You know, I'm,
0: that's the simulation talking. Yeah, it's right
1: the there. simulation talk. Um, I also listened to beautiful stories from anonymous people.
0: Okay. what's that so I'm with, guessing that with, sounds pretty self explanatory so
1: it's like Chris Gethard he calls someone and they have an hour like that's it like it cuts off the line and it, they're not they don't use any names no anything and they just talk so some of it's like talking about like a specific story some of it's just talk they have an hour and then you just learn about them and what they do and just experiences they've had
0: cool
1: it's fun well this has
0: been fun this has been a lot of fun Thank you, Robbie Deering. Thank you. <laughs> Yoda. Thank you for listening to this episode of I Am Teacher. If you'd like to rate and review this podcast on iTunes, feel free to. If you'd like to donate, you can do so on my Anchor page at anchor.fm slash Teacher. If that's too difficult for you... There is also a link to a GoFundMe page where you can also donate. If you'd like to reach out, danielevanclark at gmail.com is the place to do that. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Mr. Underscore Clark and currently on Instagram as Senior Clark. If you have suggestions, let me know. But once again, thank you for listening to this episode of I am teacher.